This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This is Behind the Rose, where Bachelor Nation meets country music and everything in between. Here's your host, Blake Horseman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Behind the Rose podcast. Uh, it is Monday nights, right after the premiere of The Bachelor. Uh, I'm your host, Blake Horseman, and with my buddy here, as usual, Eric Bradley. And today, we have good friend of ours, and you guys might know him as Bachelor Season 20, Ben Higgins. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Hey, I am so pumped to be here. <laughs> yeah, man, I actually am excited that we had you for the premiere, dude, because I want to pick your mind of what it's like on that first night, you know, like standing there waiting for the limo. Yeah. Like the, the nerves and everything. So I'm excited to get into it. Hey, I, uh, I have a lot to share, uh, and a lot of mistakes that were made. I, uh, I will share everything I remember, which is not a lot. <laughs> it was a little bit ago. We were just saying this is season 25. So it's been five seasons, man. That's wild. Yeah. There's five dudes since me. Um, and in fact, I just was thinking about this last night. I need to think through this other than Colton, and Matt, I think I'm the still the, the I would be like I'm younger than all of those guys that came after me. So <laughs> I'm feeling so pretty true. good. Yeah, That's so true. <laughs> I mean, Matt, how old is Matt actually? Twenty eight. I, I think it was twenty eight. Yeah, he's twenty eight, which is a good age to do it. I was young. You were um, young, man. Twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty five. I turned twenty six on the show. So yeah, I was young, man. <laughs> that's kind of a cool little stat, though. You're still you're still younger than two of the other three of the other <laughs> I still feel pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, but speaking of like the difference in, uh, let's say your season and Matt's season, can we talk about the freaking mansion they're in this time around? Like I audibly gasped when yeah. it opened up with Chris standing there in front of that place. I was that like, was incredible. My that God. place is wild. Like, and if you look at it online, you know, it has a, like a, a championship golf course it actually has two of them. It has a zoo. It has two museums on site. What? I mean, wow. Yeah. Like it is it is special. And like, it does, like it takes your breath away on that night one. Like that shot is more iconic than anything we've seen at the mansion. Seriously. I, I literally gasped. I was like, Oh my God, where are they? Like, and it's just gorgeous too. Like the fall, you could tell that like it was during the fall and the leaves were changing and yeah, it looks amazing. It looks like something right out of like England. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's in Pennsylvania. Like who knew? And we've seen it before, right? We saw it during Jojo season, uh, which is why they went back. I don't really remember it from Jojo season. Um, but I, I mean, that's when they fell in love with it. It makes sense now. I think when, when they announced that they're going to film this thing in Pennsylvania, everybody, I mean, I remember everybody's like, what? <laughs> um, but think about this, uh, it, you know, pandemic shut this place down. Like it's a resort that's meant to be like family friendly and it has pools and all that stuff. So instead of just kind of sitting there empty, this massive property, they have like a 13 week commercial like pretty That's much so true. with the That's bachelor on ABC every night. Like this place is going to be packed. Yeah. It's going to blow. I mean, I know I'm, yeah. it's on my list now. Like, yeah. I want to go a tourist see it. attraction completely. Yeah. But yeah, so I want to get started here because Matt being the bachelor, it's kind of interesting. He hasn't been on a season at all and what that's going to be like for him going in. Because for me, I was, I'm scared for him. I was like, this guy has no idea what he's getting himself into. I'm sure there's been, he's had some conversations with alumni with Tyler, you know, Hannah B even, but I was, I'm worried. I'm like, this guy's going to either sink or swim here because he has no experience and has no idea what he's going into. How do you think that's going to kind of affect the season? Uh, I actually think it's going to make him a lot more relatable. I mean, I'm nervous for him too. Like this is a big, a big beast of a thing to take on. Yeah. Uh, however, I think everybody like kind of learns as you go. I think the one thing you get from doing a past season is you get used to cameras. 
you get used to kind of like the rhythm of the show. You, you understand kind of the drama behind the scenes and you kind of can like say, Oh, these two people are fighting. I, I, I kind of understand where they're coming from. Right. So none of that he'll have experience with, which will be tough. But as far as being the lead, it's such a grind. I mean, it is a seven to two in the morning job every day for 40 straight days. Like it, nothing preps you for that except who you are coming into it. And I think he's a great dude coming into it, but I do think the nerves and kind of like his, I think I read an article that said he didn't even know to roast how like what a roast ceremony was really coming <laughs> in like that. That's going to be a problem. Like he's going to have to learn pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I agree. We don't know Matt very well, but I think yeah. we're going to get to know him as we go on, obviously. And I loved how this basically the episode started out with us just getting to know Matt. There was no yeah. mention of anybody else. There's no mention of the girls, no mention of Matt's friends or any of that. It was just, let's get to know Matt. And it kind of started out with a conversation with his mom, which I, th- I found super interesting. I thought it was really cool. Sit down, you know, that his mom was able to be there and sit down. But right there, we kind of dove into like their relationship and how close they are. Um, and he talked about, you know, his he doesn't have a real relationship with his father, really, um, but his mom was there. But I liked the idea of them bringing in his mom to have that conversation with. But it did seem at times to be, it looked, you know, obviously, I bet his mom's never been in front of the camera. That, Like you said, that was basically Matt's first time in front of the camera with those producers. And he seemed a little bit robotic and a little scripted in a way. And so hopefully, I'm hoping that he like opens up a little bit more as we go on. Yeah, you know, it's maybe one thing, I don't produce the show, and those people do a lot better than I could. But so one thing maybe I'd do different because I, I think back to my time on the show and my parents came on a couple times during the season. And each time they came on, I was incredibly protective of them. Uh, so like I was in a sense, like trying to like coach them through the conversation and make sure that they weren't saying the wrong thing. Uh, and it actually made me more uptight and uncomfortable than when I was any time else on the show. And so to have your mom and you would think like that would be soothing and comforting. And I'm sure she is. My parents are very good, like at comforting me. However, when you throw cameras on and millions of people and the reality of the show, it becomes like really scary to risk your, your, those relationships. So I actually would have done it where uh, I would have brought in like past bachelors or friend, you know, friends from the franchise to kind of like calm his nerves, like get him prep, get him understanding what's going on and then bring in the mom. Because I, I think the mom, I mean, at least from my experience, made me more uptight having my parents there than when, you know, anytime else. That's really interesting because, yeah, I mean, now that you say that, I remember at my hometowns, I was a little bit more protective of what they were asking and like how I was reacting and stuff because you have those cameras around you want to protect your the family and friends close to you. So that makes sense, actually, why he was maybe a little nervous. Yeah, totally. Like having yeah. his mom show up to this thing, like maybe a week or a week and a half after he gets there and you're in this new world and you're trying to get your mind prepped for being the bachelor, which is so hard to do. And then your mom shows up and kind of like, you, you kind of, you know, I don't know if you guys are this way, but like when you're around your, your mom, like you kind of become a kid again, in a sense, like, oh, yeah. you know, you get your like old mentality where you're not your own human. You're like, mom, please take care of me somehow. <laughs> I don't know how. And so like, he goes from being the bachelor to being back to his, like sitting next to his mom who, and he, he feels like a kid again, which, is not great walking into what he was about to do on night one. That's actually a great point. And I thought the one thing that, you know, his, his mom basically asked Matt, you know, like, when was the last time you were vulnerable? And Matt literally couldn't answer it. He was yeah. like, I, I don't know, you know? And I think that might be a theme throughout, like him being able to open up. And I think he will. It looks like it through the previews, you know, 
the the show will eventually like it does it for lack of a better term like it breaks you eventually uh, and i think it will but i think matt's gonna gonna be very buttoned up throughout and i, I hope he's able to open up and everything so yeah because he made the comment about being vulnerable in the past has led to heartbreak and letdown mm -hmm. for him personally. Yeah. I don't know if you guys caught that, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the theme of, of his kind of, you know, love story is and stuff. So we'll see. I mean, how many, how many times, like, can we all relate? Like outside of the show when you're vulnerable, oftentimes if you're not in a relationship with somebody still, like there's been pain, right? When mm -hmm. you enter in a relationship, you start to get to the place of vulnerability. And then once you do, and it ends, like there's a piece of you missing. I also was thinking about this as he was having this conversation is, Outside of the show, I don't know how often before the show, let's say, I don't know how often I was forced to be vulnerable. Like I maybe was, but I was young. So like, I didn't have a lot of like deep relationships romantically. My family, you know, I'd open up to at times, but they, you know, they didn't know everything about me. My friends, I would hide some things, not share some things. And, and like, it's just like, it's not a common thing to be vulnerable often. Now that I've been on the show, I've seen how healthy it is, how like, and then also like, it's funny. I get off the show and like, I'm willing to share my heart with everybody. And I remember people being like, Whoa, like, I don't <laughs> like you're moving too fast. I don't need to know all this about you. So I get what Matt's saying is like, Hey, being vulnerable, isn't something I'm used to. Like, it's not something I've been asked to do. It's not something that I've been like, nobody's given me the permission to be vulnerable. And now this whole show is about vulnerability and they keep telling me to be vulnerable and I don't know how to do it. And, uh, and, and I think that's scary. Like for him to start talking about his dad night one and, and all of those things like that can't come easy. No, it, it just can't. That's a deep story with him. Dude, I don't think I got vulnerable once before the show. Like now that I act, when I actually got vulnerable, I realized that I'd never been vulnerable before the show. You know, it's kind of a weird, it's like a weird epiphany you have. And I'm, I was the same way when I came off the show. I was like, okay, like, like, let's just, you know, me and my buddies, like, hey, let's just sit down and have a glass of wine and talk about emotions. You know, it's like that thing. They're like, dude, who are you? Yeah, right. It doesn't happen often. Yeah. But now it does. Yeah, exactly. Now I do it. And yeah, it's yeah, it's different. But one person who can get emotions out of people is Chris Harrison. And that was the next person that Matt sat down with. And I thought this conversation was great. And I'm glad they aired it. Not only am I glad that they had this conversation, but I'm glad they aired it. Because, you know, it talked about basically Matt discussed the pressures he felt not yeah. only to be the bachelor, like to be the bachelor is a lot. The lead of this television show is to be a lot, but then to be the first black bachelor. And he kind of talked about how he feels like he's not going to be able to really make anybody happy and everybody's going to be against him. Um, so I thought that was a pretty cool conversation. Yeah. It's uh there's a lot of depth there. There's a lot of things I can't speak on. Right. I mean, right. I'm a white dude yeah. from the Midwest. Like there's a lot of things I can't relate with, nor would I try, but I, you know, especially after the last couple of months, like I, I can understand or I've seen what he's talking about, you know, this, this reality that he lives in where, you know, one side's always angry at the other, or it feels contentious. And he's walking into this like head first. And I mean, I can't think of a better dude to do it than him. I think he's going to do great at it. But of course, like, and that's a big moment for him to say, like, I am nervous about this. Like, I'm not used to this. I don't know how to respond to these things. Like, there's going to be critics. There's going to be people that celebrate me. Like, how do I manage that and make sure I stay level through this whole thing for at the end of this, not only maybe a love story, but that I want to have a platform mm -hmm. to start speaking on about these things. And how do I do that well and help and not hurt? And so, I mean, I'm sure that's been on his mind. He has a, like, I don't know if he, I think he does. I'm sure the show didn't try to pound this into his head, but like he has a massive, massive, massive burden, responsibility, opportunity, whatever you want to call it 
right now as the bachelor and the first yeah. black bachelor. And again, I think he's going to do awesome with it, but I'm sure he's carrying that weight. Yeah. I would say it's more than any other bachelor, like more, way yeah. more than any other bachelor, mm-hmm. you know? So even, I bet even the show is kind of like juggling on how to deal with this because mm-hmm. they've never really dealt with something this important, sure. really, you know? Yeah. So all around, it's going to be, it's going to be super interesting, but let's talk about, cause I think one of the things I noticed pretty early on was Matt was nervous and I don't blame the kid for being nervous, you know, at all. Uh, but let's talk about you when you, your first night, you know, when you're standing there waiting for that limit to pull up, like what, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? How nervous were you? Yeah. Especially probably because you've been in their the contestant shoes and now yeah. here you are, the roles reverse and now you're the lead. So you, you, you're, you probably ha- can under- relate to their nerves and the new set of nerves that you have being put right there on the spot. Yeah. It's a really weird night. I remember this is how it kind of went down. You do press all morning typically. And then you go back and you take a little nap because it's a huge night. I mean, it's like 12 hours or something of talking. Mm-hmm. Um, so I took a little nap and uh, you wake up and, you know, you get suited up and you get everything. Everybody's in there kind of prepping you and lifting your spirits. The one thing about the show when you're the lead, they're super nice to you. Like everything, like, Oh, you look so good in that suit. Oh man, you're a stud. I've never seen anybody so good looking before. And you're like, all right. Yeah. They wouldn't stop talking about how good looking he was. I feel like. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and so you go into this like pretty confident. And I remember the feeling on the way there, like I was driving there in my car. I actually got out in the front of that mansion and took a pee um, because they were waiting (laughs) for me to get in. I get in there and you get in and they had like food for me and, and like ABC producers are there and executives and Disney executives and the creators of the show are there and Harrison's there at that point. And you're always kind of sitting around and, the, and it hit me like, for me, this is a big night, but for them, they had done this 20 times with another bachelor before me. Um, they'd done it with how many bachelorettes at that point? I think 14. And in uh, so 13, they had done it with 13 bachelorettes. Like they treated this very nonchalant. Like this wasn't like their Super Bowl. You could tell they're just, this is another night at work. They knew how this was going to go. And it actually eased me. Like it kind of calmed my nerves. Cause like, Hey, this is a big night for me. This feels like the biggest deal in the world to me, but it's not like this too is just another season with another premiere. And I had to get my mindset in a place of calm and collectiveness but also confidence to know that like I promised myself because I can lose my confidence fairly quickly. I promised myself that as these women showed up, like I was going to try to be the best version of myself and the truest version of myself without being the victim at any moment. Like I didn't want to get out there and be like, I'm so nervous. Like, Oh, I don't belong here. It's like, okay, you do belong here. You're the bachelor, no matter what now, like step up, be yourself, greet these women, let them know where you're at in life and then see how this goes. And, uh, and I, I mean, you do, you then walk down the stairs, you walk outside, Harrison standing there. He says, Hey, welcome to the mansion. Are you ready for this? And you say, I don't know. And then <laughs> here comes a limo and it's really what you watch. Like all of a sudden these limos pull up, you're standing there. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of nerves, but there's just a lot of like mixed emotions that you can't process because you've never done anything like it. It was like being in the Friday. I mean, the best thing I have for it is like Friday night lights running out to the football field and being like, all right, it's time to step up. Yep. It's kind of it. You got to figure it out. Like, yeah, Yeah. swim. you got to figure it out. Yeah. And I thought it was like really cool. Matt looked super nervous and everything, but it seemed like as soon as that door opened and that first girl came out that he kind of, he started to loosen up a a little bit. And I think we have a lot of great women this year. I'm really excited to get into that. We'll talk about that next. Just how great these women are and, and what we think of them. Let's talk about the limo entrances because, um, there were a lot of 
there's I feel like this season there's a lot more gimmicks than usual. But I guess it started out for me anyway. It started out those first five girls kind of came out pretty normal. Uh, but then the gimmicks started. But there were also a lot of just, oh my God, you're hot. There was so much of that. <laughs> there was like, way too much of that. <laughs> they almost overplayed it, you know? It was like Colton's season with the showers. Like, I just feel like they overplayed. Everybody's like, he's a five-course meal, you know, that whole thing. But like Ben said, like, they, they you know, I, it's good for the confidence. I bet Matt was feeling on top of the world, man. Like, he didn't have that before this anyway. Sure, right, hanging sure. out all the times with Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Some of my favorite gimmicks, and, and I'll let you guys kind of get into some of your favorite Limonches. I liked... I know a lot of there's gonna be a lot of mixed reviews about the lingerie, but I thought it's things like that where you kind of calm down and you like she came up, she's like, What dress should I wear? Like, I get it, she was trying to make a statement in his mind. But I think any kind of like joke where you're like calming down a bit and you're able to laugh at yourself, that for me, I think that's attractive. And I'm sure it calmed down Matt a little bit. Also shared her confidence level. Yeah, that's and she he said he's like, I love a confident woman. She definitely was confident. Yeah. I don't I don't like I wasn't as crazy of an entrance as like probably it aired on TV. Like yeah. it's obviously shocking. It's never <laughs> been done, but it did show her confidence. It was like funny and it was it, it did it kind of like calmed the moment, showed Matt like, okay, this girl's doing this. Like I can stand up here and say hi to people. Like that's yeah. fine. Like yeah. This girl's carry, you know, carrying the weight for me here. Mm-hmm. I really loved, I mean, I thought that was a good, remember, memorable entrance. The vibrator was obviously something <laughs> <Yeah>. that's memorable. <laughs> um, it kind of lasted through the whole episode, which, you know, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, it just kind of felt like that's what she's going to be known for. And I think she has more to herself than just like what she brought tonight one, which was funny and whatever. I really loved MJ's uh, entrance. Oh, the pizza delivery? Yeah, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was, again, calming. I thought it was normal. And then I really loved how the door would open and she kept her wits together. Locked the door, came back, (laughs) gave him the pizza. That's hard to do. Like, you would think when you're watching, like, oh, of course, go open up the door. No, like, when you're so nervous, like, I couldn't even remember my name, let alone remember how to open up a door, unlock the door, (laughs) hand him a pizza. I think what it shows is, is she's going to be uh, a big personality, very comfortable in this environment, probably go a long ways because of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I think those were the ones that stood out. Now, I liked, I liked Kayla, the one who pulled up in the old school pickup. Yeah, oh, that pickup. Yeah, 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 I liked her. Because that, that brought him back to his roots mm-hmm. of like, where is it, North Carolina? Is that where he's from? She's, I think, I think he's from, or South. she's from North Carolina or South Carolina. Yeah, well, yeah. he, uh, he, you know, he spends a lot of time in Florida, I think. He lives in New York. I don't know. I think he's from California, maybe. Maybe. I, I thought it was Carolina. I don't know either. Carolina. <laughs> let's, oh, it makes sense because he went to Wake Forest. So yeah, let's, I, let's put our money on uh, Carolina. Oh, uh, okay. But he yeah. seems so, like, just in awe of the truck, too. Like, mm-hmm. I would badass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah that that dope, dope. That's a great truck. It was a great truck. And it's a stick. Like, we see that. Yeah, that stick. was impressive. <laughs> She was, and I, she was like, I can, yeah, I can't drive it. Yeah. <laughs> she was like offended. She was like, no, it's a stick, of course. She's like, okay, I see you. Yeah. I was surprised Harrison knew how to drive it at the end of the show. He stalled out <laughs> twice. If you see it, you, you see him stall out on that thing. Yeah, that's good. That's great. That's good. Yeah, I like that. And then let's talk about, I mean, technically... His first kiss was the uh, was Elena, I think it was, with the noodle. That was a ballsy. Yeah. Anybody who goes into yep. the first kiss on the limo, the lady and the tramp. Yeah, that's a lot for me. I mean, did you have, did you have a kiss right at the beginning of yours, Ben? Like limo? Uh, I can't remember. I do. I I bet so. I think it happens most seasons. Maybe mm-hmm. nobody wanted to. Uh, they wanted you know feel the waters <laughs> up a little bit first. Uh, but um, I, I would say I would have been a little bit. 
it would have been fine. You go in, I remember going in the night one, uh, talking a lot about like how you're going to do this thing physically. Um, you know, what do you want to be the guy that just kisses everybody because conversations lull and you just want to start making out? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be somebody that kind of holds back on that and saves those kisses for kisses for a, a special moment? And I kind of went with the, the strategy of, hey, let's let's pull back a bit. But if somebody would have tried when they walked up, I would have like, you don't want right. to make it feel awkward or like that you're not into this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't something that I kind of wanted to go after just to fill space. So I think it's fine. I'm sure Matt kind of like enjoyed it. It gets the mm-hmm. first one out of the way. He can no longer hold on to the fact that I haven't kissed anybody like that's true. Just dive in, man. You're there. It's it's awkward already. Just go for it. Yeah, I mean, as a lead, you can't yeah. like you have to kiss. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think you yeah. can be like if she would have lead. That would have been super awkward. If you would have pulled away and broken the new, you know, something like that. So of course, um, I I just don't know if I would ever be that person to do some some kind of gimmick to get the first kiss. You know, I don't think I would be if that'd be who I am. But. Well, and it's also kind of like saying like I know he wants to kiss me or she wants to kiss me. Like that takes some confidence too. Yeah. Is to yeah. say like this is going to be something that he enjoys. Mm-hmm. is for me to go up and kiss him. Like, I don't have that confidence in myself. Like, mm-hmm. I could have never walked up on night one and been like, they're going to, like, what if they turn away? <laughs> like, what if they're like, no, no, no. And I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. get back in the limo. <laughs> yeah. well, I, was, pretty I would never set myself up for failure or rejection within the first five minutes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I saw that Matt was starting to get more comfortable as the night went on. And especially during those, like there was one point where somebody grabbed his hand and was, he was like, she was like, oh, I'm so, so, so nervous. I'm shaking. He's like, me too. You know? And like, I think, I think that's cool to see his personality a little bit and him kind of like be a little self-deprecating as, as, as the night went on. But I really liked, and I want to talk about is he started the night out. So the limo images came in, he comes in, you know, he does his toast, but before they really get the night started, he does a little prayer. And uh, I thought that was a cool moment. Different. I don't think it's ever been done before. But that was a cool moment in, in the way he he approached the prayer. And it wasn't about like me. And it was like, I'm yeah. going to, you know, I'm going to find my wife. And it was like really, you know, all about and, us and our. Yeah. And Blake and I, we kind of talked about this earlier. Like that was like the coolest thing for me to see. Like I'm not super religious and everything, but it was really cool for him to not make it about himself and actually like really pray over everybody and the whole journey and experience they were all about to endure on together. Mm-hmm. You're right. And, yeah. I mean, because we all know, like, you know, I, I'm a Christian and we all know Christians who definitely pray for themselves, like at a level that's like very self-promoting, mm-hmm. very, uh, you know, it's, it's very much selfish sometimes and how you're praying to God. And he did like, he wrapped them all up in this, this big yeah. thing and said, Hey, I just need this for all of us to calm, to set the tone, to show what this season is going to be about, to show what I'm about. Like, I'm going to pray when things get tough. It, one of the coolest parts about Matt that I would say on the premiere, and this is a good example of it, is there's no moment where Matt was trying to make this about Matt. Like, this is not feeling like Matt's going out there to make sure that he looks good, feels good, is shown good. It's Matt going out there. Maybe that comes from not doing the show before, so you have no prep, but it's Matt going out there to say, hey, I want this experience. He even says it. Like, I don't want to let these women down. Like, I want this experience to be a good experience. And it's something that Matt and I actually have to talk about before he went on, I said, I, I didn't know how to do this thing. But the one thing I can remember thinking is if these women, no matter when they go home, because sending them home sucks, if these women can feel like it was worth it to whatever level, I'm sure some on night one are going to be like, this was stupid. I gave up my job for this and now I'm gone. But like actually women that you build relationships with, if they can look back on this in, in a month, two months, three months and say, I'm glad I did it. 
then then it's all worth it, really. And if you can do that, Matt, if you if the league can say, I'm glad I did it, then it's all worth it. Because if not, it's really hard. And and that was a good moment for him to show that he cared about everybody in that room, making sure they all knew what was going to be going down. Yeah, absolutely. And I think yeah. I think it it just started the night off in the right way. And we got some really good conversations. Like I, I feel like for a night one conversations like some of these were pretty deep conversations one of my favorites you know um abigail she's been like my preseason favorite i don't know why i just saw her picture and i was just like excited i don't know why i was like she just seems like a sweet genuine soul off her picture like who knows i don't actually yeah. know that but um i, I loved their conversation you know she kind of opened up they, they both kind of did but she opened up about you know the relationship like with her sister and everything and obviously she's very unique um she's She's deaf. She says she's basically completely deaf, right? And she had a cochlear. Did I say uh, that right? Co- I said that. Cochlear. Cochlear yeah. implant, cochlear which is pretty cool. I looked that up. I was like, wow, I didn't yeah. even know those really exist. Where you were like, those are incredible. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. So I think that that obviously makes her stand out. And she just seems like a really sweet girl. But I love their conversation together. Even even when he first met her out of the limo, he was like, I'll make sure to like enunciate. Like yeah, he was, was cool so there present in the moment with her, like to make her feel comfortable. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's special, right? He's thinking about mm-hmm. it. He's handling it. Um, I think Matt's the type of person um, that really wants to know and hear everybody's story. I don't think he's oblivious to the fact that most people have some really difficult things they've had to get through and deal with and process. And um, I think Matt probably respects her story to the, in the way it says, Hey, like you've been through a lot, you deal with a lot, but you're here. And because of that, like, I'm into you. Like, I'm actually, I'm very attracted to you um, because of who you are as a human. Uh, and I think, I think you're going to see that Matt all season is these deeper conversations because he's going to want to hear who they are. He doesn't, he wants to walk into life with somebody that has some depth. Mm-hmm. And it's very clear. I mean, you know, her being deaf obviously adds to it, but it also is just the way she handles herself and the conversations and kind of how she reacted is like, that girl's got some depth. And that girl's going to be there a while because she's beautiful, yeah. she's solid, mm-hmm. and uh, and she has a story to tell. Yeah. He moved in and gave her the first, like, real kiss. Yeah. Big and there's that really little awkward moment where, like, he <laughs> wanted to kiss her, she wanted to kiss him, but they weren't sure what to do. And then she started talking and finally he was like, you know what, F it, I'm just going in. And he went, <laughs> I thought that was a cool moment. That's That was a good first kiss for sure. Like middle school. When yeah. You, like, yeah, it you know, was. It was. You're like, wanted to kiss, and he, like, leans back. You seem like posture up and he's like pulls back he's like all right let's do this get it over with yeah Yeah. she was so smitten and it was so cute afterwards like in her interview like yeah talking with it about it yeah i'm excited to watch watch their connection unfold another one of my favorites i don't know if you guys but it was a rachel rachel i really like rachel i thought it was pretty cool to see her get almost emotional you know during uh, when the prayer ended yeah that was pretty cool she's a favorite of mine i think she's gonna be around a while because i think she's gonna show how much she's into math and i think she's a girl that's falling fast falling hard but i think she's falling for the right reasons like i don't think she's just into this because he's the bachelor i think it's i think she's a little shocked that when how much she is feeling for him after night one and kind of way he handled himself um she's beautiful and she's sweet and she didn't get involved in all the drama um, I, 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 I have high hopes for Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And then, yeah, let's get into the drama a little bit because of course night one, there's always a little bit of drama and you can already tell in my eyes anyway, who the, uh, at least the two on one is going to be and who probably the villain is. And for me, that's Victoria. It's yeah. really seemed like she's, uh, she's going to embrace that, uh, villain role pretty well. Yeah. She's going to be a big one. She's going to be yeah. one that we talk about. It's, it's the first time in a while though, that 
we've had, I guess we could probably go back and point out a couple, but like her villain um, mentality started right when she got out of limo. Like we all could say right away that like this girl was going to either light fire to that beautiful resort or be like there to the very end. Like she's big personality and she, she made sure everybody knew it. Um, it was great to see her bust her ass, though. Yeah, it was going <laughs> well, I mean, what a way to start. Yeah, and then she, she jumped right the up. Yeah, yeah, jumped right up, kept going in, and yeah. um, you know, you could tell when she walked in the room and she was like, "The queen's here, bitches!" Like, yeah, not good. She's you know, interesting to watch. Who chooses to say that? Like, yeah. right? Definitely not here to make friends. No, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of enemies. Yeah, yeah. Not here to make friends. And it seems like her and Kit are going to have a little bit of a, a rip, you know, a little yeah. war going down the rest of the season for sure. I mean, I like that Kit kind of does stand up to Victoria a little bit throughout this episode because, of course, there's always one, and Victoria was the person who's going to go interrupt a couple times. You know, um, it just seems like Kit was like a no, no BS kind of girl towards Victoria. Yeah, I'm sure Kit, I mean, Kit comes from like a, a very known family. She lives in L.A. She's been out and about or lives in New York, uh, has been out and about. I'm sure Kit isn't. Um, I'm sure she's used to tough personalities or big personalities in life. Mm-hmm. So I don't think this is going to be shocking to her. I think she's yeah. going to be surprised, but she knows how to respond. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one that loves the drama on the show. I don't like these moments. I don't like the little arguments. I, I do enjoy like the emotional drama of it all, like the pulling of heart, like the, when the hearts are being pulled and love is in the air. I don't love the cat fights. I don't love the men fighting. I just don't, I don't find it fun to watch. It's more awkward to watch, but I think we're in for a lot of drama <laughs> and fighting. Yeah. So that's funny. Cause I feel the same way. I always think like when drama is happening, I'm like, Oh, you know, this is entertaining and everything. But then I see a proposal like Zach and Tasha, and I freaking tear up. And then I'm like, oh, this is why I watch this show. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is what I love. The drama's fun and everything, but I watch this show for love, you know? And that, I remember that moment I had it again this season. I'm sure I'll have it again this season, hopefully. Um, but yeah, I agree that the drama's fun, but um, yeah, I think we're going to get a lot of it. I think we're going to get a lot of this season. Yeah. I mean, they have to, right? Matt, Matt, is, uh, Matt is a great bachelor because uh, he's going to be super interesting to learn about but he's not going to be the one that like entertains us with his like witty humor and his quick, like I'm sure he's a super smart dude, but like, he's going to be very consistent, very mature. Um, And so like to make it entertaining, you know, they're going to bring in big personalities, good and good and bad personalities. It just happens. And so, you know, with somebody like Matt, uh, the women are probably going to have, he's going to get a lot of casted women who are big personalities and he'll have to sort through it. It'll be interesting to see how he does that. I don't, I don't know how often he's surrounded himself with so many, probably never surround himself with so many women, but also so many women, with big personalities. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. And I want to get into what we're going to, what we're expecting from Matt, you know, what we kind of yeah. learned from tonight. And I also want to get into our, each of our top fours and maybe one of our sleepers here right after this. So yeah, I want to get into kind of Matt as the bachelor because like we said, we don't really know him beforehand and what he's, you know, what he's going to be as a bachelor. But I thought he did, we learned more than I thought we would. Like I really liked, it seemed like he's a bit of a jokester. I liked when he was in the middle of that speech and he <laughs> saw the, he saw saw the, the vibrator, vibrator and he lost his, and then not only did he start going in, but he actually acknowledged it, you know, because yeah. I think he's got a good sense of humor. A he was like, oh, sorry, the, the vibrator really threw me off there, you know? I mean, it would throw anybody off. It's like buzzing on a table. Like, 
Yeah. Uh, Lights everywhere. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, uh, I think he's, I mean, I think he has a great personality. Like he mm-hmm. laughed, you know, you know, he, he joked, he didn't get too uptight. You know, I think it was great. A great night one because he walked his line morally that he wanted to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he acknowledged the humor of the evening, which is, I mean, this show is, is humorous from start to really finish. Like you have 30 people competing over one person and fighting and bickering and dating one person till the very end. And then you have a proposal that you broke up, you break up with somebody on the same day. That's comedy in a lot of ways, even though it's beautiful. Sometimes it's still comedic (laughs) because it's weird. It's odd. It's not, it's, and he's acknowledging it, which is, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And I like the part where he was doing the chess too. And he like moved the chess piece in the wrong way. And then she was like, can you do that? And he's like, nah, just playing, you know, just making sure you know how to play. So I thought I'm excited to get to know him more as we go on. But I, I, I agree also with what you said though, Ben, like, I think Matt's going to be a bit buttoned up and he's going to be very mature and a good person. And so I think they're going to have to put huge personalities around him. And I think that's going to show and they're going to really spotlight those personalities. So I think there's going to be some girls who come out of this. Yeah. Pretty big and everything. So we'll see. The, the only thing that Matt, because knowing that he's a good guy, he's going to try to do this. Well, the one thing that he could do poorly, I think the one thing that we could watch out for that would cause uh, not a great reaction inside of the house um, and also not a great reaction by fans is if he stays too robotic, mm-hmm. um, if he stays too buttoned up, uh, I think we're going to want to see him open up and become vulnerable mm-hmm. and to share himself and to share his time with his women. Because one of the things that happens is when drama starts swirling around you, I mean, I do it in my own life now. Like, so it's easy, it's easy sometimes to run and hide and kind of not want to deal with it, but he's going to have to, that's his responsibility. And so I'd say it's the one thing to look out for with him. Outside of everything else, we're not worried about his intentions. We're not worried about who he is as a man, how he's going to lead, and what you know, how he's going to treat these women. I would say I'm mostly concerned for him on how rigid he will be through the whole process. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I mean, we see it with his tears. Kind of it, in a sense, it was like relieving to me when I see him tearing up. It's like, okay, we're getting, we're getting some, some Matt here. We're getting some realness. I think the theme, the two themes that are throughout this. This uh, season is going to be him trying to open up um, and be less robotic. And then also him, he's never fallen in love before, he said, you know. So I think that's also going to be a a big theme throughout the season is him not having fallen in love before and being vulnerable and stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how that all works out. It seems like we've got some great women, though. So I want to to hear you guys' top four and then maybe like a sleeper you got in there. Uh, Ben, you go first. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say Abigail. I think that's an easy choice. Uh, I think she's great. Um, Rachel. Uh, I'm going to throw in Maggie. Mm. Uh, I'm going to throw in um, Chelsea. Uh, and my sleeper, and I'm going to forget her name, um, but you guys can help me out. It's the girl who's playing chess with. Uh, I don't know who that was. I was trying to well, remember that too. That's yeah, everybody, everybody knows who I'm talking about. It's whoever he's playing chess with. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think is my sleeper pick. Okay. Uh, I think she'll be around a while. So those are my my. Guys four with a sleeper. I forgot to talk about Maggie because I can't wait to get to know her. First of all, yeah. she, she leaped off the screen. I mean, she's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And then she has the accent as well. And she talked about how, you know, she's came all the way from uh, uh, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, right? Yeah. Like that. I can't, I hope she gets a one-on-one this season because I can't wait to, to hear from her and to hear her story. Yeah, so. I'm with you. I think she's going to be, she's big time. She's beautiful. She obviously has a great story. Like, I don't know how she's doing this thing coming from Ethiopia and trying to process after nine years this crazy American show. Like I, 
but she's, I think she's going to do great. I think she's yeah. going to be She awesome. seems super smart and well-spoken too, like in yeah. her little bit. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Who are your top four, Eric? Uh, top two, I would have Rachel and Abigail for sure. Okay. Um, I like Kayla a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah is, I think, we might be in my top four. Oh, okay, okay. Sleeper. Oh, man. Chelsea. I like, mm-hmm. do like Chelsea or that MJ. Okay. Would be sleepers. I liked MJ. Yeah, yeah, I liked MJ. Yeah, she'd be up there too. Yeah, she's a good one. I think my top four right now, Abigail as well. I think Abigail, Rachel, I think Bree. Was she the one who did the chess or is this a different girl? I think Bree, it was really, really, I think they had a pretty cool connection and they had a good talk throughout the night. So I think Bree and then it's hard i'm gonna say was the first one out right she was the first one out of the limo she might have been yeah i think she might have been she a lot of the people who i think are gonna go really far had very simple entrances like Mm -hmm. and i think that kind of says something yeah Yeah. um and then i'm gonna put my fourth is kayla uh i also like really liked her um and then my sleeper man i actually think i think kit might be my sleeper man i think i know she's super young she's 21 but i think she's gonna go pretty far man i think she's gonna she's gonna stick around for a while that's so on brand for you yeah socialite man i'm a socialite here in denver i don't know there's a ton of socialites here in denver yeah Yeah, so happy uh, camper blake there's a there's another plug josh (laughs) catch us a happy camper cut that out (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great um yeah i'm excited i'm excited for the rest of the season um for sure uh but we also got some questions here for you ben all right what was it like going into that first door ceremony being the person that hands out that rose. Yeah, it's uh, well, it's wild. It's like it is a weird moment because you've watched on TV for years, and now you're in it. Like you, that, like everything else doesn't feel super intimidating. Like the cameras and stuff at night, like when everybody comes in, is kind of crazy. But like the really intimidating moment is when Chris Harrison walks out and he announces the rose ceremony, and you walk into this room and everybody's lined up in front of you, staring at you, and you go, "I've watched this for years." This is really like surreal. Like it is a dream. <laughs> and so once that kind of gets through your system, you realize how tired you are. And then you realize that this row ceremony will probably take up to three hours. So like these women will be standing there for three hours. You're going to be standing in front of them for three hours because they've got to set up cameras, shift cameras. They've got to get people, you know, out of there. They've got to, it's just a wild, wild experience. And you're all, it's already turning light outside. Um, and so as soon as you calm down from the surrealness and kind of like the, the dream that you feel like you're living in, you really start to like, just, I used to, I was telling myself up there, like, stay awake, <laughs> like, <laughs> don't look tired. Like you, you are exhausted, dude. And like, you can't be tired right now. And these women are tired. So, but I would say the best way to kind of say it is it feels like you're living in those dreams that you have that feel so real mm-hmm. because you watched it so many times. You feel like it's a big joke on you. I remember as a contestant standing up there and being like, it's very surreal, like calling out, you know, roses and getting a rose and looking around because you do watch it on TV for so long. So, yeah, it's a weird moment, but I can't imagine being the lead, you know, and and Ben's right. I think he's not even exaggerating. It's like three hours for that first rose ceremony. That's not even exaggeration. It's insane. Is that rose ceremony takes so long because you take forever to learn the ladies names? Like, yeah. how do you know the names? Like, how long does it take for you to get the names? Well, you got to memorize them because they would love for you to mess up. Uh, <laughs> it'd be great if you could mess up. And like, you try to tell me 30 names and then have me go talk to everybody and then memorize them. So they do help you out a bit. Uh, I will say uh, that you can leave the podium 
Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want you to too often because it's just not a good look either. It's kind of weird. Like these women are standing there and then cameras go down. And so they have to pull cameras back up and it's like another 30 minutes that they, until you can get going again. And you could, but if you really get stuck, you can call like an audible timeout and you can, you can go and, and take a break and like refocus. Um, I tried not to do that because of that. I wanted to get through it, uh, but you can. That's impressive because I think, I think Becca went back every three people. Really? <laughs> yeah. First night. She went back every three people, man. She went back, got three more names, came back. None out. of y'all made good first impressions. Yeah. But it takes forever. Yeah. Like Ben said, I'm sure like different leads have different strategies and like, you don't want to mess up anybody's name. Like that's not a good way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's hard. It's like really, it's, it's super intimidating because it's, you know, week two, you start to know some more names week three, you pretty much know everybody's name. So then it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. But that night one is just so intimidating. Yeah, absolutely. We also forgot to talk about Abigail getting the first impression rose. I wanted to mention that real quick. We forgot to talk about that. What was it like when you picked some, was it was it pretty clear in your mind who who was the first press rose? Because it seemed like Matt was like, as soon as he was done talking to Abigail, he was yeah. like, boom, that's my first no. rose. Really? My first impression rose went to Olivia. It was hard for me because I just didn't, like a lot of them kind of like balanced out, right? On night one. Like you don't have a lot of, you have five minutes at most with everybody. And and I had told the show, like, I really want to talk to every woman who walks through that door. Like that's my, that's something I really want to do. Now, Matt only talked about half of them, right? Which is fine. He had a lot of them. Um, but as a result, because he only talked to half of them, it shows that he had more time to talk True. with who he talked to. For me, I kind of went with the strategy of, okay, I'm going to take five minutes with each and we're just going to go through everybody. We're going to be here until I get through everybody. I don't, I probably would have done it a little different now uh, just because it would have been nice to have a little more time, but I'm glad I give it to Olivia. Olivia is a great, like Mm -hmm. she was a great girl. She was around a long time, Uh, but it wasn't like soup. It didn't like jump off to me. It was a hard decision. I didn't really think I had to really think about it. So I got one more question for you regarding your experience, Ben. When you're done talking to each person, would it bother you if somebody came up and interrupts? Because that's always this huge thing during the show, you know, and it seemed like obviously Victoria came in, I think twice, maybe even three times. Was that, does that jump off the page of you as like to keep an eye on this girl? Or like, is that, is that like a compliment to you? Like, how does, how do you see that? More than once, I think get more than, let's say twice would get to be a lot. Twice is even a lot. Like twice, twice starts ringing in the back of your head, like something's up here. But interruption isn't bad. You need it because if not, nobody would ever come talk to you. Like you need people coming through. You need people taking initiative because you're a lot of times sitting in one place and there's a girl here beside you. And like, you don't want to end the conversation maybe, but you know, you have, no matter if you like it or not, you have 25 other people or 26 other people to talk to. You need somebody to come up and in this conversation or you'll never get to them. Yeah. But at the same time, you also have to remember like, I mean, I'm sure you had this experience too. Like there has to be some type of level of awareness for the lead by the contestants, no matter if it's a girl or a guy, because you know, the lead is going into something, especially on night one, that is incredibly difficult. Like you're talking to so many people and what you really want to see is a bunch of contestants. I wanted to see this, I guess, being kind of laid back, go with the flow. Like, Hey, I know he's has great intentions. I know he probably wants to talk to me. I did get to talk to him for five minutes. It wasn't a lot, but it was enough. Uh, for me to kind of tell them who I was. And you don't want a bunch of people grabbing so much of your time away because it just makes your night more difficult and more exhausting. So I would, I mean, for me, I really just wanted people to respect the night and respect the, in quotes, job that you had to do to get through the night. Uh, because you don't learn a lot on night one. You just mm-hmm. get there. You just, mm-hmm. it's your, the, the launching point. So you just want to get started and you don't want, 
the start to feel so exhausting because somebody keeps taking all your time. So yeah, I guess in short, it would be a little annoying. It would yeah. be a red flag. Um, but it's also something that you're intrigued by because you're like, is this girl that into me? Like, or, and so I want to keep around to get to know a little more. That's true. Um, or you're like, no, 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 this, yeah. this girl just, she can't be around. And I think it would have a lot to do with just how much you're into the girl. Like if you're super, yeah. you had a good first yeah. connection with that girl and she keeps coming in like, that'd be awesome. But if you're like not really into the girl, she keeps coming in, you know, it could be a little annoying. So I've just yeah. always wondered that what that was like, cause there's always somebody every season, there's always somebody who decides they want to go in and they take more time and take more time. You know, it's kind of crazy. I don't know how, but yeah. And what do you, what do you think of the girls that don't come invite for your attention? Uh, it's, it's just frustrating. Um, because a lot of them will say afterwards, like, you didn't talk to me on night one. You're like, uh, I didn't really, <laughs> to be honest, like, didn't know I didn't talk to you because yeah, I talked yeah. to 25 people and like, <laughs> I don't have the mental capacity to remember everybody I talked to. In fact, I'm just trying to remember your name. And so I don't know. Yeah. So you need them to take initiative right away. And then, yeah. you know, then it kind of balances out and it becomes equals and you guys mm-hmm. can start this relationship together. But on night one, you really need contestants to take initiative. It's essential or yeah, they're not going to get the time. So I just say it doesn't. It's not a great thing to do. You want to try to get your time, even if it's like the, the most attractive thing for me on night one was when somebody sit, sat down and said, hey, I know we don't have a lot of time. I know we only have a few minutes here. I just want you to know that I'm really excited for this, that I just want you to know that I'm excited to get to know you better. And wherever this takes us, it's going to be worth it. And I was like, you're the best. Like, <laughs> no pressure on me. Yeah. Like, no, no, like loading me up with like more things I have to remember. You're just here to like, tonight to support me and, and like you're here for a long time mm-hmm. we'll see you tomorrow yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow yeah, that's yeah. cool man well before we, we let you go i want to kind of give a rating here of what you think this first episode was because sometimes first episodes can be yeah. a little bit boring and everything but what would be let's say one out of ten what do you think this episode gave so i have one hot take and that is i believe that matt james will not to his probably liking and not to his choice he will have more shirtless scenes than Colton Underwood. <laughs> That's um, a lot too. <laughs> and I will tell you this. I ain't mad seeing Matt James shirtless. That dude is jacked. Yeah, he uh, is. He's cut. He has muscles in places <laughs> that I I would only dream of. Um, and when I was like in middle school and I'd draw myself, he has muscles <laughs> that I would used to draw myself. Um, I would give it a, uh, the episode an eight. Uh, nah, let me give it a seven. Okay. And I'm a tough critic. I think the episode is fine. I don't love night ones. Um, they're fine to me. Uh, they're not super exciting. So I'd never give night ones too much credit. I'd say Matt James, though, would be a 10. Uh, I think he crushed it. I think he did exactly what he needed to do. I thought he was authentic and genuine and and well, and just did a really good job at, at pulling out what he could out of the women. Um, so, yeah, 7 and 10. I believe that each episode will probably get better for me. Yeah, I agree. I think I think the reason I might give this episode an eight is because I felt like we actually got to know Matt, m- more about Matt than I thought we would. Sometimes that first episode feels super rushed, and they're like showing all the girls flying out of the limo, and then the first yeah. rush rose, blah, blah blah. Where I felt like they actually slowed down a little bit, and we got to know Matt. So I'm gonna actually gonna give it an eight. I think. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Eric? Yeah, I'd probably give it like a seven point six. There you, <laughs> you guys are giving rookie scores out there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I really I really do like how authentic he is and genuine and how much we got to see him. And mm-hmm. you could tell he's going to take charge kind of of leading these girls, I think. And yeah, and, and even like most of the women, like half of them, I mean, it's a pretty good cast so far, I think. And yeah, yeah. So I think we're going to like a lot of the girls. Yeah. yeah 
So let's talk about Diamond Resorts a little bit because we're going to be yeah. down there here in what three weeks, roughly. Two, yeah, yeah we're we're two weeks. How nervous yeah. are you to, to the golf? So you've been, you're actually playing in the tournament, right? This is your second time. <laughs> uh, it's my second year. So this is what it is. It's a celebrity tournament on NBC. Eric actually got me set up with this two years ago. And, uh, well, three years ago now, because we started in Tahoe. Uh, I played so bad in Tahoe, I didn't get the invite back. Uh, <laughs> but I did play well enough at Diamond last year to get the invite back. And it's an incredible event. It's, it's an event that we that celebrities get to play alongside the LPGA professionals who won a tournament the year before. Uh, it's a four-day tournament, uh, Stableford for, format. So means your oh. scoring gets points instead of like being six under, you yes. get a point. So being plus 73 through the weekend is great. Yeah, being oh, yeah. the <laughs> highest amount of points possible is really good. And uh, it's really cool because it's on NBC. Typically, there's like 30,000 fans that come out. This year, it's invite only. Uh, Everybody has to get a COVID test. Uh, There's a lot of precautions being put in place. You know, golf is obviously a sport that you can social distance, that you can stay super safe during. I mean, golf's blown up during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And uh, my dad gets to be my caddy. Uh, So here's the thing. Diamond Resorts is one of the coolest things I get to do every year. Uh, it It is my favorite. I get pumped for it six months in advance. They're incredible down there. You get to play against legends. Uh, you know, Eric knows a lot of them, but you get to go with guys like that. I would name off like, uh, you know, Smoltz and Greg Maddox. Uh, you get to play alongside like guys like Marcus Allen, uh, you know, Roger Clemens, Urban Meyer, like these. And then a couple actors, Michael Pena is one of those guys, like huge people. Yeah. And you're competing against them. Your name's on a scoreboard with them. That's <laughs> wild to me. Uh, yeah. And so it's going to be really fun. And a lot and a lot of the proceeds go to charity. Um, but, yeah, if you guys want to tune in, uh, if you're not at the event, you know, NBC uh, has it going on uh, for four days. I think NBC Sports and it transfers over to NBC. My goal this year is to break 80 three to four days. Wow, that'd be huge, dude. Damn, well, that's yeah. a big goal. Okay. Yeah, it's a big goal. It's a big yeah. goal, but – uh, but mentally, that's where I'm putting myself this year. Hell if yeah. you tune in, you'll hear Blake and I walking behind. Yeah, yeah. Get in the hole. Get in the hole. <laughs> and never mind. If you guys are walking behind me, my goal is to break ninety. No, <laughs> no I was gonna. I was actually thinking, like, maybe we shouldn't walk with them. <laughs> <laughs> no, Let's, Let's go walking. chirp somebody else. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go chirp Colt Ford. Yeah, <laughs> Colt Swindell. Yeah. <laughs> also coming out alone in plain sight. I already. I already ordered it. Yeah, same. Thanks, guys. Over the last couple of years, I just I've been writing this book, and um, a lot of it just my my thoughts on feeling alone and trying to connect with others, and my relationship with God, and my relationships romantically. And so this book uh, is really a, a journal. Um, my hope at the end of it is that people, somebody reads it and says, "Hey, I just feel less alone because I know Ben's struggling with this too, or I know others are struggling with this too." We get to highlight, you know, some of our mutual friends. Avery is in the book. Uh, he's somebody who. Uh, has had a terminal illness since he was born. Um, he's now in his mid twenties and he's still rocking and rolling and he's a socialite in Denver. Um, and, uh, you know, I get to talk to a girl named Annie who had cystic fibrosis and I got to talk to her about two weeks before she passed away. And I got to hear her story of what it means to be dying, knowing you're dying. I got to talk to a buddy named Brandon, uh, who, uh, was tragically hurt in a skiing accident and is paralyzed from the, the like, uh, chest down now. And, uh, and get to hear his story. Those stories are all in the book. And again, yeah, the hope is that somebody reads it and just goes, Hey, like other people have incredible stories too. And everybody's struggling and, uh, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Go out and buy his book guys. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to get that. When does it come out again? Yeah. 
February 2nd, alone in plain sight. You can go to benhigginsbook.com and pre-order. That's a huge help. Pre-orders are big for like, you know, future sales, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of the book to bookstores and that. So if you could pre-order it, that'd be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, you're also co-host with Ashley I on the Almost Famous Podcast. And you can check Uh, out uh, Blake on there as well. Yeah, I was on there this week. tomorrow. Yeah, Yeah, go check out uh, Almost Famous Podcast. Go buy Ben's book, guys, and uh, watch him win Diamond Resort's uh, (laughs) golf tourney. I think it it starts like January 21st, and it goes to the 24th, something like that. It's like within those days somewhere around I think that's right, yeah. yeah. Thursday to Sunday, yeah, so... I'm excited, and, man. Uh, That's be fun. I, I just hope that there's a karaoke contest before. And I, I can see. I've heard man. this story. The I songbird of our generation. Uh, yeah, I think we're gonna. I'm gonna send it to Eddie, and that's gonna be the entrance to this episode. <laughs> oh, please, please highlight highlight what I got in this tank. Ben Higgins covering Whitney Houston. <laughs> yes. the prep. His balls just dropped. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Well, hey, you guys are the best. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Thanks for coming on, Ben. Appreciate it, man. Love you guys. See ya. Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Instagram at Behind the Rose Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, comment, like, and give us all five of those damn stars. Behind the Rose is recorded on-site at the world-famous Grizzly Rose or wherever we happen to be. See you next time, Behind the Rose.